Welcome back, everyone, to the Dad's Wisdom series. We're super excited to get rolling on this one again. We've had positive feedback from pretty much everyone that's listened to these. There's so much wisdom, so much knowledge out there that we can gain from the prior generations. If you have someone in mind that you think would be a great fit for this Dad's Wisdom series, please reach out to us. You can reach us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com or at agviewpitch at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy. This is recording, so... Welcome back, everyone, to the Eggview Pitch. This is Shay Folk, and I'm joined with special guest Roger Ricks today. And I was wondering, Roger, if you could just kind of get us started, tell us who you are and uh, and where you're from, and then we'll, we'll just jump into it. Very good. Uh, Roger Ricks from uh, northeastern South Dakota. Uh, farm there. Uh, we're on our fifth generation on our operation, and... Uh, we started as a livestock uh, small grain operation and and uh, or grain operation. Now we're just a grain operation. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about you know how you're raised, how you ended up there, and if you could just tell me a little bit about your story up to today. Sure. Um, I guess uh, probably starts from the beginning because uh, obviously I grew up on the farm and. Uh, I had no desire to do anything else. I had opportunities to go on uh, high school trips in the summer, and I said, "No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm staying. I got, I got to work in a farm." And uh, it, it grew from that to uh, when I was probably 14 years old, asking my dad, "Okay, where's, this, where's the college that teaches egg?" So I spent uh, four, four of my better years or more enjoyable years at SDSU in Brookings, and. And then came directly home from the far, from college to be, become part a partner in our operation, and been there ever since in transitioning to the next generation. That's great. You know, when when you think back to those formative years and that time that you spent, you know, working with your father in that operation, is is there anything that sticks out in your mind, wisdom wise? You know, doing this segment on Dad's wisdom that you feel you got from your father that still sticks with you today? I guess what um, what caught me by surprise is when I came home, within two or three years, my dad pretty much turned probably 90% of his decision-making to me as a late 20-year-old individual, and it, it was pretty daunting, but he was there to help guide me through the mistakes and to, to be there to ask questions. So. Uh, you know, I was taking care of the marketing, taking care of the agronomy, taking care of um, uh, most of all the management style, but or management decisions. But him and I, we worked, we did work together. Uh, my dad was very involved in in the local uh, uh, school board and so forth. So he had things he was doing, and he just just uh, pretty much turned it over to me. And that's basically what I've done with my sons. When they after a couple years. Uh, they were home. I said, "Okay, you're, I, you take care of the agronomy, Grant. You're, you're, uh, you've got as much or more knowledge than I do in agronomy. You take care of it all. If you got questions? I'll be here to answer." So the responsibility that your father gave you, you felt that that was a, a good path and a and a good decision, obviously. And now you're implementing that model with your boys. Exactly. You know, I I, I made a ton of mistakes, just like any twenty something or 30 something year old and I the mistakes that you I made when 
you know, 30 some years ago, were not as necessarily as economically uh, disastrous as it could be now. But yet, I knew that if if things were going to move on to the next generation, it was time to to give the give those reins or those those abilities to 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 the next generation, just like my dad did. And 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 as long as I'm here to help um, stop maybe some pitfalls or help go through some pitfalls and uh, basically only learn new lessons is to make some mistakes and you say oh I, I I can't do that that was stupid you know and so you just go ahead and you've learned a lesson and you move on make some mistakes but not not the big ones exactly exactly and that's uh, the the big mistake or the mistakes now small mistakes now are still big compared comparatively to 30 some years ago so um, I think it's worked pretty well uh, worked well with my dad and I and my sons I I, I we, they're getting ready to make a decision about something, and, and, uh, it, a lot of, and it's not uncommon for them to say, Dad, this is, this is beyond my knowledge. What do you think? And so I feel good about that. They're, they're asking me for my input, and they help them make their decisions. So we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit. I like how you, how you led us down that path. Um, paint a picture of what the operation was like, uh, you know, size of operation when you took over, and then how, how did you grow it through the years, and what were some of the key decisions along the way there? Um, when I first came back, we, uh, we fed about uh, uh, three, 400 head of uh, yearlings and uh, farmed uh, in the mid-2,000 acres, somewhere 25 to 2,800, somewhere in there. Uh, over time, we, uh, we were fortunate, and some land came up for sale, and, and uh, some opportunities where we had an individual come up and offered us 2,500 acres to rent, and just some different things like that happened to, to grow our farm. And very quickly, we figured out, or I guess I figured out, that we weren't uh, able to, uh, we weren't good livestock people, but we were uh, pretty, pretty good, pretty decent farmers. We had that was more of our interest and my interest and and uh, that to, to be in the farming so over the over the time and different opportunities uh, made were made available to us that uh, and to myself that uh, we've grown from 2800 acres or whatever in the uh, mid 70s to just under 10,000 now uh, not all obviously not all owned but quite a bit of his own but it's also rented so that was definitely a big decision to make, and a lot of people that get out of livestock say it was the easiest decision they had to make. But for for someone in an operation to focus on their strengths and move away, you know, like you said, you realized you were a better farmer than you were livestock producers. What went into that decision making process? Was it apparent, or did it take time? Uh, it took time because um, when you're realize that uh, you probably should be uh, vaccinating the cattle or or you have a sick sick steer or whatever you should be getting them in and then you're being tugged by the corn planter i need to get the corn planted and realize see you know there shouldn't be that tug you you should know that you need to take care of the animal and then do what you have to do and it, it just became um, as we grew our op- farm operation it just became more of a, a tug what we should be doing and it just got to the point where uh, economically 
the livestock industry wasn't doing real well in the in the late 90s and and, uh, and our feedlot operation needed our facilities needed a lot of work so it, it became very apparent that if we were going to keep doing the livestock side we needed to stick a ton of money into it to, to do it right or or go ahead and move a different direction and I, I'd pull a couple of our employees alongside to say okay this we have this opportunity to add more land to farm or should we do this or stay in the livestock and and each one of them said I, I prefer to, to grow our farm and kind of empowering our my employees to say that that's what they'd rather do also so it, it made it uh, made it there was a lot of a lot of a lot of factors monetary and facility wise and just say okay let's let's move in the farming end and it, and it, and, uh, it worked out well was your dad a part of that decision making process yeah he was he was was uh, he'd he, it was tougher for him because uh, dad, my dad said, you know, the farm, the, the livestock and what made our farm, what it was. They made running, running the cattle on the corn stalks to fall and and uh, running feedstuffs through them and and in uh, that generation that you needed to be be multiple operations within your farm to make money, whereas as we, as the as the farming industry has grown. You, it was apparent to me that you needed to specialize a little more and, and focus more of your efforts in the one certain aspect of your operation. Right. What, you know, looking at some of the major growths that you had during that time period, what did, what did people say when you took on that, you know, significant amount of land or you decided to get out of livestock? You know, what did, what did people say? What conversations did you have outside of the farm operation with those decisions? You know, very little. Uh, as probably most people who are listening to your podcast uh, understand that the farming is a very close to the vest situation. Um, I had some friends that I talked to a little bit about decision making, but the bulk of our decision making we made uh, on our economic ideas or our, our gut feelings, so to speak, at times. As uh, far as the public, none of us, none, nobody in our operation goes to town for coffee, so we really don't care what other people think in that aspect, how we're doing our business. And I know, I'm sure there was some people looking around the corner wondering what the heck, uh, what the heck's Roger doing now, but uh, a lot of the opportunities that were presented we knew if we didn't jump on somebody offering us 2,600 acres to farm, that somebody else would take it. So right. it was kind of a snap decision, and and uh, in that aspect, but we knew it was a once in a lifetime. And once the, if that decision, that that was probably the one of the major decisions that we did is this decision we had to make in March, right before wow. Springs work. These guys, two bro, brother and brother-in-law, decided that they were going to quit and come to our yard and asked us if we were interested in taking on their operation. So it, uh, we only had one 12 row corn planter and a, and a 30 foot drill. So I talked to Iron Man and said, we're going to pull out of time in to get this done. Are you willing to do that? And he said, yeah, yeah, let's get it done. Wow. What, what do you think that your operation, your farm or yourself, what do you think you've done differently that has helped made you successful over the last few decades? Um, I guess being being uh, open to changes, uh, being willing to be innovative, uh, and um, 
always looking for better produ production practices. You know, uh, as I went through my college experience and in learning where to find, glean new information and go into meetings and, and not being in necessarily a closed door operation that we're always talking and always trying to learn more. And that's what we're, what I did and uh, my sons are following suit as well. They're constantly trying to learn, go to different seminars and learning better practices and willing to be, uh, be willing to take on new ideas in, 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 uh, in our operation as far as technology and, and uh, practices. Things certainly aren't slowing down in the egg world. <laughs> no, they aren't. No, they aren't. But uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking my life should start slowing down here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Time to maybe hand over some of the reins. I've had, I've had most of the day-to-day -day management stuff, but I'm, I like, I'm still around, and I, I appreciate the fact that uh, my sons come and ask me at times what, what I think we should do. And, no, that's great, and it's a it's a good position to be in. You know, maybe doing some more of the fun stuff, the the actual farming. Now, sit in yeah. a tractor and and do some of those things. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> I guess to to change directions a little bit, I was wondering if you could take a minute to talk about you know what what's been the hardest part of your story. What do you, what do you think that on the farming side has been the most difficult part of it? Um. Economics have been difficult. Uh, we've we've went through some tough times back in the 80s, but we were in a financial position to, to grow our operation at that time. Um, the geopolitical thing is really difficult to handle if you're paying paying attention, like we all need to, with the with the global structure of life. That that that's been really difficult uh, to know that the bulk of our operation, the bulk of our income, or the end result of what we're doing, so much of it is beyond our control, whether it's the, uh, the Lord the Lord giving us rain and sunshine and everything we need to do to get a good crop to to the what's happening in Washington, D.C. or China or wherever that affects our prices. You know, it's, it, those are difficult to, to, to deal with, but we know that that's part of the process and be willing to take a deep breath and know that tomorrow the sun will come up again and and uh, and it will be it'll be everything will be fine and it's just being able to control what you can along the way exactly yep yeah we were you know there's there's things that are beyond your control and you just try to deal with it if you had anything that you had to do over with your career what do you, what do you think it would be um i think a lot of the, the mistakes I made when I was in my 20s and 30s, uh, it'd be nice to go back and not make those same mistakes. I mean, there were financial situations that, that decisions a person made that you look at and say, yeah, that was a, it could, that was a hit. Could have been a bigger hit, but if it could have been a home run if I didn't do it or whatever. And um, I think we all, we all know that that's a situation for all of us. We make decisions at a certain moment and and you realize later that that was probably not the smartest thing in the world to do. Um, far as uh, our operation, yeah, we passed on a few uh, opportunities that I wish we would have taken, but overall, um, we we were able to uh, 
put ourselves in a position to accept most of the opportunities that were presented us and and we were fortunate in that aspect of it. it came came into a situation where my my grandfather had uh, grown had a pretty good sized farm farmed well farmed over 2,000 acres in the 30s and um, he they pretty much didn't grow much after that point but yet we started with a very nice land base and, and gave us opportunities to to grow from there and it probably gave us some opportunities to make some mistakes that maybe other people weren't able to make or didn't have the consequences were different for, for somebody else. Could you maybe narrow in on what you think the best and worst decision is that you've made on the farm over the years? Best and worst, probably the best decision was uh, when the, when um, people, those two individuals came to our operation and asked if we would, we'd be interested in uh, taking on their operation, taking on their land. And that and uh, uh, some other land opportunities were probably our best decisions. Um, worst decisions probably are multiple and in, in most of it's the economic uh, decisions where um, deciding to, to sell your crop at a certain time and those are the ones that, that, that you look back on and said you realize that that wasn't a very smart uh, decision. Uh, so it's the marketing probably ended up being over time I could pick out different one different situations that where we made a bad decision. It wasn't uh, fateful, wasn't uh, something that would uh, uh, take your take you out of business, but yet those are probably stem on most of the decisions that I made that I feel I, I made a mistake, but they weren't uh, fatal. With picking up that land along the way, and we didn't discuss whether it is rented or leased or bought, do you think, do you think buying land now is the same as it was, you know, when those acquisitions came along? Oh, absolutely not right now. Uh, when we bought quite a bit of our land before, it seemed it seemed similar at the time as far as being expensive and, and hard to justify, but uh, the numbers then are, then were, seemed big at the time, but within four or five years, we pretty well paid, it, paid, paid off the land and so we had we had a pretty good land base to start with. So if we added a half section of land, we were able to pay it off fairly quickly. Uh, right now, we ended up having a situation where we had to buy some family land, and and it's that's been stressful. But yet, on the other hand, is one of those things decisions you have to make that 800 acres that it's been in the far, family forever, and farmed it my whole life. Uh, were you going to let? Were you going to have somebody else farm it, or were you going to make? decision that at 60 something years old that I'm going to, I'm basically going to be in debt trying to get that kept, keep within our operation for my sons and my grandsons to farm. At some point, am I willing to put myself out there and be willing to uh, take on that financial responsibility for future generations? And we, we made made the decision to do that, but it was that was quite difficult. It's going to take, instead of having land paid off and five to ten years it's going to be a probably the rest of my life mm -hmm. and hopefully that's a long time yet yeah I think so <laughs> I think it will be <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if we could maybe talk a little bit here on you know how did how did kids in the picture affect the farm how did that change the operation and how you you know worked through that time period um 
my sons, uh, twin twin boys, uh, I I knew early on that one of my sons, Grant, particular Grant, was would be interested in farming, and my other Jarrett, I wasn't quite so sure about, and they're both back now. Uh, the decision I'd made from very early on, and I, I kind of wish that I had done it. My dad had done the same for me, is that to to make it a situation where you once you graduate from high school, you get an education somewhere, trade school or, or a four-year university or whatever, and then you go work somewhere else for two years minimum. And that's what I, that's what I told my, both of my sons. I said, there's plenty of room here for you if you're interested, but you need to do this first. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come back, great. If you don't, I'm okay. I know what my future is going to look like then. And then once, uh, once that time frame went through, uh, Jer- or Grant came home uh, probably two years and two days later, and Jarrett was more like four years or so after high school, so or after college. So um, at that point, it would, you know, I say this, this is good. Uh, I'm not uh, going to throw everybody under the bus and say you got to buy me out. Uh, they may have to pay me a salary for a little longer than what I'm worth right. <laughs> as far as getting work done. But that, that'll be my retirement plan. I, I don't plan on going anywhere as long as my health is good. Uh, as long as I can go to uh, go to Vegas when I feel like I want to go there or Arizona <laughs> or wherever. But uh, I'm gonna, as long as I can do those things, I'll, I'll stick around and, and help where I can. What was that decision like when they decided to come back to the farm and obviously a little bit different timelines there, but was it a no-brainer or how did that look for the operation? Uh, it was a no-brainer, uh, particularly for, for Grant, far as his decision and what our, far as my, my ability to allow, uh, allow things to happen. Um, Jarrett, uh, I mean, it was similar with Jarrett also. I mean, I was glad to have him come home and, and be part of the operation. He isn't uh, he's he's more business minded than he is uh, uh, agricultural minded uh, far or, or production minded I should say um, but he's 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 growing to be a very valuable part of the operation uh, probably taking him a little longer because he didn't have the ag background as far as when he was in, in high school and college to, and and that. So he, it's taken him a little while longer to, to grab a hold of the agricultural part of production part of, of our business, but he'll be there very quickly. He's getting there, and so he'll be just fine. It was an easy decision to make. Probably the probably the happiest person in the whole process was my dad. He was here. He said he was very happy when when uh, both boys came home. What a great opportunity to to be able to continue to farm with your family and have your boys want to be a part of that picture. It is. It really is. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, with the time timing and all that, uh, I don't uh, talk to Grant when he was, I think it was second year after working for Monsanto or in that during that his second year of employment. He said, uh, what's your plans and are you thinking of coming home? He said, yeah, I'll be home. I'll be coming home. He said, okay, well, we're through working in this old Quonset for a shop. We're going to build a new shop, and we're going to put a make a nice office for us to be in, and so forth. So it just it made that decision. Okay, we're going to go the next step. We're going to start building for the next generation. We aren't going to just say we aren't. I'm not going to be looking at shutting it down in 20 years or 15 years. We're going to look at the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, and how old are the boys right now? 
Uh, my sons are 36. So if you could go back and talk to your 36-year-old self, what, what would you tell yourself, and then how does that translate to today with the boys? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think uh, I think it's probably what I'm trying to do with my sons is is the fact that you can make mistakes, but keep your eyes open and and be willing to be willing to make a mistake, make a decision that could be a mistake. Always be willing willing to look forward and be progressive and know that 100% of your decisions are not going to be right. But but err uh, err on the ca- err on the cautious, but don't be so cautious you don't make you don't make decisions and move forward. Because if, if you do if you don't move forward and stay static, you're going to be going behind. And everybody knows that risk is a huge part of agriculture today. Always has been. Yeah, oh yeah, tremendous tremendous risk. Uh, we invest 100% of our equity every year to get the crop planted. And, and harvested, so there's a, there's a lot of lot of risk, but that can be minimized uh, by the, how you run your operation, and and I and I'll be the first to admit we're in kind of a, a great area of the country to farm. Uh, we we very rarely get a crop failure. Uh, we have the same issues as far as weather and markets and everybody else does, but we've we've uh, we, uh, we're in a great uh, situation far as our operation far as the type of soils and climate and so forth looking forward towards the future especially being involved with the with the boys and even if it's salary on the advisory board um, you know if you had to diversify the operation as it is today what what ways do you think that you would do that or what do you see for the future of your operation um, that's that's a good question we did we did quite a bit of diversification when we first, uh, when I first came back. We were obviously in the livestock, as I said earlier, but we did we did quite a bit of seed cleaning and, and doing some of those things and and doing a little bit more of uh, custom work. And, uh, and then until our operation grew to a point that we didn't have time to do custom work or or uh, or time to to uh, do the seed cleaning and all those kind of things, we just got to that point where our operation grew to the point that we needed to just concentrate on what we were doing and do it, and do it, do it better. Um, diversification, uh, I see probably diversification we need is to continue to look at different crops. Um, far as our operation, you know, we, corn, soybean, corn, soybean, it's, it's, it's all it is. So there is other crop opportunities out there and we need to, or there could be, we need to be always open to trying something different because if um, if there is another crop out there that would work well in our our, our climate and our soil types, we need to be looking at it and, and trying it and not just be locked into a corn and soybean farmer. With that being said, how do you feel about where agriculture is today because you've seen some significant changes and how do you feel about agriculture in the future? I'm, I guess I'm very positive in the future. I've seen a lot, a lot of changes, uh, smaller operations back when I first started um, that are no longer around, that have been absorbed by other operations. Um, there's probably, that's probably going to continue, um, not to a great degree in our area, because most of the farms are family farms in our area that um, are nice sized operations that are very economical in structure. 
um, going forward, I I think there'll probably be some more of the consolidation, but not uh, not so much that'll change the change the landscape a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't see a lot of uh, other opportunities as far as the production side. Uh, I, I see people doing a better job at it, mm -hmm. and there could be more collaboration over time that maybe two operations will share machinery or share uh, share their operations. One of the tough questions here, what do you want the legacy of the farm to be? What's your vision for the operation? I think that was something we were supposed to do far as our, uh, far, far as our peer group, wasn't it, Shane? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, it's something I need to work on. But I guess, uh, I, I, I guess I hope what our legacy has been in the past, far as my grandfather and my father and what mine will be and my sons going forward is that we were honest, hardworking, um, didn't take advantage of situations and people. We, I have never taken on an opportunity that, uh, that I went behind the doors to get a hold of. I've, every opportunity we've had is when people have come to my door and said, we'd like you to, we like the way you farm, we like you to farm our ground. And so we've never, we've never went out and, uh, and done, done some things that I know other people have done. Um, we've waited for the opportunities to come to us, and we hope that the opportunities come to us and will continue to come to, 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 to our operation. The fact that they trust what we do and they know they're going to be treated fairly. That's phenomenal. You know, any, any last advice for, for your kids, or the listeners out there, you know, that you think will provide value that you'd like to pass on as part of a dad's wisdom? Um, I guess uh, continue to keep your, your eyes open. Um, be attentive to the small things that, that are done uh, uh, with your operation. Uh, look at look at your family and make sure you're paying attention to the fa your family because that is your legacy is your family. Uh, and um, be careful not to, uh, uh, to, to stay in that legacy just because you might think you want another quarter of land to farm. It's not that big a deal in the whole process. Just be, if you're doing things right and you're treating people right, you'll, those opportunities will show up. That's great. You know, I, I think that kind of wraps up our conversation here. We're so thankful to join you here today. and you know, truly appreciate the wisdom and advice that you shared and, and for telling your story. Thank you very much, Roger. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. If you'd like your father or someone who has shared wisdom with you in your farm operation, please reach out to us at agviewpitch at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you would like to hear more content from AgView Solutions, listen to our other podcasts such as Dad's Wisdom or our current Harvest series. AgView Solutions works as an integral part of operations like yours, side-by-side -side for farm profit management, business collaboration and structuring, facilitating industry-leading peer groups, and coaching and consulting tailored to your farm's unique needs. We know that no two farms are the same, and we are here to help make your farm be the best it can be. You can learn more at agviewsolutions.com. 
email us at eggupitch at gmail.com or call Chris Barron at 319-533-5703. We really look forward to talking with you.